Welcome to this time of prayer and reflection on the first Sunday of Lent, the 21st of February. Let us pray. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Let us confess our sins, remembering before God the times when we have fallen from temptation into sin. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Lord, have mercy. Amen. As we begin Lent together, we do so in the presence of Jesus, who himself was tempted in the wilderness. And we listen now to a version of the hymn which describes his time in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights.
A reading from Genesis chapter 9. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is, is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. And now a reading from Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Let none who look to you be put to shame, but let the treacherous be shamed and frustrated. Make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you have I hoped all the day long. Remember, Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions, but think on me in your goodness, O Lord, according to your steadfast love. Gracious and upright is the Lord, therefore shall he teach sinners in the way. He will guide the humble in doing right, and teach his way to the lowly. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Amen. And the Gospel reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness he was in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, and believe in the good news. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Jesus Alone, a talk for the first Sunday of Lent. Sometimes we choose aloneness and sometimes aloneness is thrust upon us. At the end of World War II, the liberated prisoner of war, Joseph Sawinoga, emigrated to Britain, securing a job at the steelworks in Bilston, Wolverhampton. In 1953, his wife of just one year left him and Joseph had a nervous breakdown that brought on his withdrawal from society. He took to wandering the streets of Wolverhampton in an increasingly bedraggled state, sporting a long beard and pushing his possessions in a pram. In the 1970s, he set up a tent on the central reservation of the Wolverhampton Ring Road, where he remained a virtual hermit until his death in 2007. The council let him stay there, and in return he would sweep up leaves. Local Hindus regularly brought Joseph gifts of clothes and blankets and freshly cooked delicacies because they saw him as a holy man. One said, this man doesn't want any relation with the world. He is connected with God, and so we believe he is a saintly person. Writer Rowena MacDonald remembers Starinoga from her childhood. He looked like a biblical character, someone out of time or timeless, she says. But really, he was more like a mendicant. People who set out alone might come to carry an aura of holiness about them, even when that's unjustified. For sometimes we choose to pursue holiness by taking time alone. And sometimes aloneness is thrust upon us. Mark is the briefest of the Gospels, but what it lacks in detail, it makes up for with its breathless pace and stark imagery. After his baptism in the Jordan, Mark tells us, the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness this naked sentence of scripture provokes us to ask, did Jesus choose to pursue this way of holiness or was this journey into aloneness thrust upon him by the driving force of the Holy Spirit? In the history of his people, Jesus was by no means the first to be driven out into the desert. Remember Hagar, Abraham's servant girl? girl who made pregnant by her master was ill-treated by Abram's wife Sarah and so ran away into the wilderness where the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water and gave her confidence to return home. Think of the people of Jacob once enslaved in Egypt and now being led by Moses through the wilderness towards a promised land. Recall the words of Deuteronomy, God sustained Jacob in a desert land, in a howling wilderness waste. He shielded him, cared for him, guarded him as the apple of his eye. Some in Israel saw the wilderness as a place to escape from their enemies, like the troubled author of Psalm 55, who, turning on his heels, sang, Truly I would flee far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter for myself from the raging wind and tempest. And some chose to take themselves away into the wild to nurture a more devout way of life, notably the ascetic sect, the Essenes, some of whom settled in the desert near the northwestern shore of the Dead Sea 
to live lives of poverty, piety and celibacy. When Jesus was driven by the Spirit out into the wilderness, he was entering into experiences which others before him had also had. And interestingly, interestingly according to Mark, he wasn't alone, for he completes his description of this season of Jesus' life by telling us that he was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Were the wild beasts friendly or unfriendly? How did the angels show themselves to Jesus? Perhaps in ways similar to how Satan appeared to him. And what about this driving spirit which projected Jesus into that desolate place? One thing we can be fairly sure of is that those who are driven by the spirit of God have spent a great deal of time and devotion nurturing the presence of that spirit in their lives. The spirit driving Jesus to aloneness does not appear from nowhere. This is the spirit who was with Jesus in the very beginning, a co-creator of all things with the Father. And this is the spirit who was present with Jesus at his baptism, descending like a dove as the Father's voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The spirit may be driving Jesus into an unknown place where he would have to struggle alone. But Jesus knew who that spirit was. For all the years up to that moment, by his practice of prayer and learning and devotion, Jesus had nurtured the spirit's presence in his life. This was how he could recognise that the drive which would propel him into the desert and beyond was the power and presence of God. Sometimes we choose to pursue holiness by taking time alone. But even those other times when aloneness is thrust upon us, we can accept as opportunities to learn, reflect and grow, to get to know the spirit who might drive us deeper into holiness. We can experience the wilderness as a place of discomfort, as the wandering Israelites did when they complained to Moses about their lot. Or we can embrace it as a place where visions of a new and better life can emerge, as the prophet Isaiah did when looking out over a tired, corrupted society in its last throes and announcing the moment when a spirit from on high is poured out on us and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field and the fruitful field is deemed a forest, then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness abide in the fruitful field. The effect of righteousness will be peace and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. This has been our wilderness year and as we now approach the second year of this pandemic we also enter Lent. In this time let not the Satan lead us into temptation. Let us not be paralysed by fear of the wild place we find ourselves in. Rather let us keep watch and every day ask where is the spirit who can drive us through where are the angels who will attend us?
Let us pray. As we approach the beginning of a second wilderness year, we also enter Lent. May we keep watch for the Spirit of God who can drive us through and the angels who will attend us. May that Spirit help us not to be paralysed by fear of the wild place we find ourselves in. And most of all, in this time, in the manner of Jesus, may we not permit the Satan to lead us into temptation. Amen. From all evil and mischief, from pride, vanity and hypocrisy, from envy, hatred and malice, good Lord, deliver us. From apathy, racism and classism, from carelessness against women, children and men, from wounding the earth and each living thing, and from deceits of the world, the flesh and the devil, good Lord, deliver us. From all the things that hold us down and hold us back, good Lord, deliver us. In all times of sorrow, in all times of joy, in the hour of our death, and at the moment of judgment, good Lord, deliver us. Amen. Let us take a moment to bring to God our prayers. For those people and situations which are most on our minds and our hearts today, whether close to home or far away. And to these prayers, we also add prayers today for the Church of the Province of Central Africa, for all God's people there, for those in ill health in our communities, including Eric Mason, Jane Lodge, George Greenbank, Robert Hurd, Joan Robson. And we remember those who have died, giving thanks for their good lives particularly this week, Neville Wyatt. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, whose Son Jesus Christ fasted 40 days in the wilderness and was tempted as we are, yet without sin, give us grace to discipline ourselves in obedience to your Spirit, and as you know our weakness, so may we know your power to save. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us join together in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We give thanks. And now as we listen to this worship song, that the light of Christ has come into the world. with a blessing. Christ give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>